Did y'all know that 46% of children experience trauma? We often think children are resilient and can bounce back from anything. I'm sure you've heard an adult say something along the lines of, they're so young, they won't remember it anyway. But is that actually true? Or does childhood trauma have a lasting effect? And if it does, how do we learn to heal from it? What is going on, beautiful people? You are listening to the Affirmations for Black Girls podcast, where we focus on personal growth and cultivating a healthy relationship with ourselves. I am your host, Tyra the Creative, actress, content creator, and mental health enthusiast. Y'all, today's episode is going to be a little heavier, but it's arguably one of the most important topics I will touch on on this podcast. So for the next few weeks, I will be focusing on sharing insight in my personal experiences around childhood trauma. In today's episode, we are diving into what childhood trauma is and what my experience with it was slash is. If you are not in a place where you feel it would be beneficial for you to hear about trauma today, then I won't take it personally. You can feel free to skip this episode. My goal with this entire series is to remind all of you listening that you are loved and you are not alone. And no matter what you've been through, I am here and this is a space for you to reflect and feel seen and heard. So let's all take a very deep breath, grab our favorite drink or a snack, and let's settle into a safe space. This week's affirmation is, I keep my inner child safe by showing myself kindness, compassion, and patience. Let's take a moment to drop in together. I keep my inner child safe by showing myself kindness, compassion, and patience. I keep my inner child safe by showing myself kindness, compassion, and patience. I keep my inner child safe by showing myself kindness, compassion, and patience. I really want you guys to embody what I'm saying in this week's affirmation. I keep my inner child safe by showing myself kindness, compassion, and patience. I keep my inner child safe by showing myself kindness, compassion, and patience. Even if it's a little hard for you to believe this affirmation, let's say it together with all we've got. I keep my inner child safe by showing myself kindness, compassion, and patience. Let's say it together one last time. 
I keep my inner child safe by showing myself kindness, compassion, and patience. Y'all, this week's affirmation is such an important one. We each have an inner child within us who just wants to be loved and kept safe, especially if she or he or they weren't given enough love and safety by her, his, their family or community growing up. As we start digging into this topic of childhood trauma, we have to remember that we are in control of giving ourselves the things we did not have as children. It is our responsibility not to live in that trauma for the rest of our lives. And let me just tell y'all, it's not always easy, but it is something that is a very rewarding experience and it's a journey. Putting kindness, compassion, respect, patience, and safety as top priorities in our lives will help us heal the wounds from our childhood. So before we even jump in, y'all, I am nervous. I just want to say I am nervous about this because I really don't know how I will deal emotionally as I recount my experiences. Because one thing about trauma is you learn how to overcome it. But when revisiting those moments, it may feel like you're right back there again. And that's just the honestly amazing thing about your brain and about your memories. But I just want to say that I'm right here with y'all. I'm going through the process of overcoming my childhood trauma. And I have been since I started going to therapy in 2019. So with that being said, what is childhood trauma? So short definition, Childhood trauma is a scary, dangerous, violent, or life-threatening event that happens to a child or happens to someone the child is close to, and it impacts the child as a result of seeing or hearing about it. And the, the interesting thing about trauma is that it doesn't have to innately be traumatic. It's just an experience that you had where you felt like you were not safe and it had a lasting effect on you. So some examples of traumatic events or experiences can be physical, emotional, or even sexual abuse, physical or emotional neglect, witnessing one parent being abusive or violent towards the other parent or anyone for that matter, Household substance abuse, household mental illness, parental separation or divorce. And I'll tell you guys right now, I'll allude to it. That's mainly where um, my childhood trauma stems from, the divorce of my parents. Other ones can include incarcerated household members, 
bullying, living in a dangerous neighborhood or community. And those are some of the more, I I don't want to use extreme because I, I feel like, you know, it may not be the right word, but those are some of the more common examples of childhood trauma. But like I just said, y'all, it doesn't have to innately be a bad experience or an abusive or violent situation. It could be something as simple as maybe something a parent said, something verbal that you didn't understand in the way that they meant or whatever the case may be. It doesn't necessarily have to be something super violent. And an example of that that I could think of off the top of my head would be a lack of a safe space to emote and share your emotions. And the reason I give that example is because that's another area of my childhood trauma. I didn't feel like I had a safe space to share my feelings. And for the longest time, I compartmentalized and I held it all in. But we'll get into that a little later. But those are some examples of childhood trauma. So just take a moment to take inventory and figure out if this may be something that you've experienced. Maybe you haven't thought about it in that way. But overall, childhood trauma impacts everyone differently. And the impacts can be short-term or long-term, and it may come on immediately or it may show up later on in your life. Now, these effects can show up in a lot of different ways, but mainly in your health, like your physical health or even your emotional health, your relationships in your social life. So that can look like new or increased problems with friends or family, changes in your sleep, eating patterns or your mood, difficulties thinking or concentrating, and maybe even expressing your emotions. And you may have a decreased interest in activity, school, or even in your social life. And in my experience, I have a decreased interest whenever I've I don't want to call it a flare up, you guys. I'm trying to figure out the right words because I'm not a therapist. I'm literally just having a chat with y'all. But for me, I noticed a decreased interest in things that triggered me, that triggered that childhood trauma response. And many childhood trauma survivors get diagnosed with PTSD as teens or adults. And PTSD is post-traumatic stress disorder. And it is an anxiety disorder that can develop after experiencing trauma. So I just want to preface the rest of this episode by saying just because you may have PTSD or you have experienced childhood trauma doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you. There is nothing broken. There is nothing wrong. You are just recovering. You have to implement some extreme coping skills and really put some new practices in your life so you can overcome this traumatic experience or a series of experiences that you have endured. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. 
every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Fun fact about me. I'm not a big drinker. And the older I get, the more I look for new ways to relax. If you're like me, consider Recess Mood, a healthier alternative to alcohol. Y'all already know, self-care is essential here, and we are being more intentional with the things we put into our bodies. Recess Mood is a magnesium and adaptogen-infused sparkling water with real fruit goodness, only 20 calories, and no added sugar. It enhances your mood and helps balance stress for that calm, cool, and collected feeling. And don't even get me started on flavors y'all strawberry rose raspberry lemon grapefruit tangerine they are all very good but right now the raspberry lemon is my absolute fave so you deserve a healthier way to unwind and recess mood is offering you 15% off so head to takearecess.com affirmations and treat yourself to a more relaxed guilt-free you and you can also find the link down in the show notes below Growing up, Black voices in media, though hard to come by, were my compass. Here at AFBG, Black representation is the very heartbeat of what we do. Representation isn't just about visibility, it's about carving out a space where Black stories can thrive and resonate. That's why Affirmations for Black Girls exists, a podcast that echoes that sentiment. From trailblazers like Lena Horne shattering boundaries in music and film to women such as Hattie McDaniel, Eartha Kitt, and Ruby Dee, who showed that Black women are powerful and fully capable of commanding any stage, any screen, anywhere. Their courage and resilience paved the way for generations of Black women, including me, to live out their dreams. And now, NPR brings you the next generation of influential Black voices in their new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Every episode is a living account of what it means to be Black today, each told from a unique Black perspective that is as nuanced as the Black experience itself. From Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there is no limit to the range of Black Stories, Black Truths. I recently listened to the episode Tracy Ellis Ross is an Icon and Our Favorite Rich Auntie, where Tracy tackles storytelling through the guise of raising awareness about the lives of real people. Her dedication to fighting for representation for Black women is authentic and true. I commend NPR for this commitment to uplifting Black voices. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in America's story, but now they are the story because stories should never be about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR, wherever you get your podcasts. So y'all know on this podcast, I don't like to hold anything back and it's time for us to get a little personal. I think it's important for me to open up about my experiences so you feel safe to open up to the people in your life and so you don't feel alone. And it hasn't always been like that for your girl, okay? I said one day back in 2019 when I started going to therapy, I said enough is enough. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired of feeling the way that I feel and I want to be the best version of myself that I can be. And during my very first conversation with my therapist, we realized that I just had a little bit of childhood trauma. So trauma can be 
very isolating and it can feel like you're the only person who went through what you went through. And here's the reason why. When you have a traumatic experience and you are recounting those experiences and you're having those memories, they feel so much more intense than any other memories you have. And that's a trauma response. That's your body saying, hey, we don't want to go through this again, body. We're not about to put ourselves in any situation that looks like that. And that's why it can feel so heavy and so scary and give you anxiety. So please know that you guys can always reach out to me via email or on Instagram in my DMs or actually shoot shoot us a question and we'll try to answer it on the podcast. If this resonates with you or you feel like you don't really have anyone else to talk to, I am, you know, presenting myself as a resource. As you know, this podcast is growing, so I probably won't be able to get to every single question, but I want to let you guys know ahead of time that I do see them and I'll do my best. So story time, what type of trauma did I endure? Honestly, I would say my childhood trauma stems from a couple of instances I've had in my life. And if I just think, you know, on a surface level, I think the biggest thing about it was my parents' relationship. I've mentioned it in a few episodes of the podcast, but my mom and dad got a divorce when I was in high school. So in a very pivotal time in my life, my life just completely changed. It was around ninth grade where we found out that my parents would separate. And here's the thing that really got me. I lived in a very small town. So your business is everybody's business. Everybody knows what's going on. Literally, my town is like 3,000 or 4,000 people total, the entire town. And my graduating class was like 170 kids. So you can just see how small and close knit my community actually was. So it was very hard for me to process what I was going through because I didn't feel safe. I didn't want people to know my business because this is a family thing. This isn't an everyone thing. And I, I just overall didn't feel safe. But my childhood trauma definitely stems from going home and living in a, an environment where it was just a lot of arguing and fighting. And the persona that I took on or what I thought was, you know, my role in this was to make sure that I go home and not add fuel to the fire. And to give you a full perspective, my mom was going to school to get, she's a lawyer now, so she was going to get her bachelor's. Then she went to law school. Then she got her LLM. So she was in school. My parents are also young. My mom had me when she was 21. My daddy was 22. They were kids, you know what I mean? But my childhood trauma definitely stems from living in a household where there was a lot of arguing and fighting. So it was honestly emotional neglect and parental separation that really got to me. And I remember one specific instance that has stuck with me. And I really think that is the the root of my attachment style, which I'm unlearning my, my current attachment style, which we'll get into a full episode sometime on the podcast is avoidant fearful. And what happens with an avoidant fearful attachment style, 
first of all, this attachment style is very much attached to trauma. So maybe you were cheated on, emotionally abused or whatever the case may be. And mine stems from my parents separating because the thing that some people don't realize is when your parents separate, it feels like you are getting a divorce too. Does that make sense? So my parents separated and I feel like since I stayed with my mom, I felt like my daddy was like divorcing us as well because he was no longer in the household. So I went without having my daddy close by. And if it would have been the other way around, I would have felt the same way about not having my mom because they separated. But my um, attachment style is avoid and fearful or was I'm working on it, you know, um, but that caused me to want intimacy in any kind of way. Not, I'm not talking specifically sexual intimacy, but intimacy, closeness, but, um, being able to be vulnerable with people, but I am afraid of it. And talking to my therapist, I realized that it stemmed from this one experience I had one day I was in mm, eighth, ninth grade, somewhere up in there. And I was sitting at the table one morning, it was like a Saturday morning, and my mom and dad were in the room arguing as usual. So I like to drift off into my mind, so I'm not listening to it. And what happened was they ended up coming out of the room and they were still arguing. And it wasn't an abusive arguing or anything, you guys. They literally just argued a lot. Like they, they just couldn't agree on things, but it was never anything physical. So I'm sitting and I'm eating and I just hear my mom and dad going back and forth about who I should go with for the day. So my daddy planned on going ride four wheelers with my brother. We're from the country, so we do country things like that. So they were planning on going to the creek to ride four wheelers or something. And my mom, I don't even remember what she was supposed to be doing, but I think she was like going to study or something with like her class. I think it was school related because everything when I was younger was very much so school related for her because she had to take off from school to um, raise us. And then once we were a little older, my dad was at home with us while she was going to school while my dad was also working. So they're both living stressful lives because of this entire situation. So they're just arguing back and forth. No, you take Tara with you. No, take her with you. No, she needs to go with you. And that is the most unwanted I've ever felt in my life. And I just sat there and I started to cry. And I don't know what happened after, but my mom ended up leaving the house. And I stormed into my room because that was my only safe haven. So I, I don't really like at this point in my life, didn't really like to cry in front of my parents. So I went into my room and I locked the door and I just cried into a pillow and then my dad came back there and said, okay, well, we about to go. He's still upset from the arguing, the argument and all of that stuff. And I don't know if I didn't answer or if I said I'm not going or whatever the case may be, but I didn't leave my room. So he beats on the door and I just didn't know what to do. I'm a child. You know what I mean? My dad is also young. He's also processing his feelings and whatnot. So it just became a very heavy situation. And he ended up calling my aunt and said, you need to come get Tyra before I kill her. And granted, my daddy did not mean that he was going to kill me. I'm 
27 years old. Back then you were able to say things like that. And it's, he simply meant I'm going to hurt her or whatever. I'm going to give her a whooping or whatever the case may be for you guys. You know, he did not mean he wanted to kill me. I want to, you know, say that I am black and I'm from the South. And that was just a colloquialism that was used during my childhood. And I never felt in danger as far as like for my life. But I just want to preface that because after all, this is a podcast and I'm giving you the overview of my life. So once he said that, he told my aunt to come and get me and she did. And once she got there, I got in the car and I just bawled because what you have to realize is this was years of my life. And I also didn't want it to end. I didn't want my parents to get a divorce. I didn't know what to do. I felt lost. I felt unwanted. And I just felt like I was the problem, you know, as a child may be. And I really think that's where my childhood trauma stems from. And when I realized that I had childhood trauma and this was my attachment style, it showed up in my romantic relationships, you guys. So in my romantic relationships, I remember my previous relationship before the one I'm in now, it definitely showed up a lot in that one because he was very independent and he liked to do things without me. And remember, my childhood trauma stemmed from me feeling unwanted and excluded. So anytime I would feel excluded, I would just blow up. And I would just be upset or I would not want to talk to him or just start an argument or something like that. And I could not vocalize why, because I hadn't done the reflection because it, it, it hurt too much. So that's the way that it mainly showed up in my relationships. And then one day we were supposed to go to the movies, my ex-boyfriend and I, and at the last minute he said, well, I don't want to go to the movies anymore. And I got so upset. I started crying and all of this stuff. And he was like, what is wrong? Like, what's going on? And he just started to ask me questions. And one question he asked me was, are you upset because I broke a promise? And that struck me because yes, that's what it was. I had a real issue. It was triggering for me when a promise was broken because that's where my childhood trauma stemmed from. And it can creep into your life until you deal with it, you guys. So how have I learned how to heal? For one, I realized my triggers. And I saw this on Instagram. You have to be able to reflect and be introspective enough to know when your inner child is showing up and when 27 year old Tyra is showing up and you have to have coping mechanisms in place to deal with both situations. So something that works for me when I feel excluded or I feel like a promise has been broken, I take a deep breath. I take inventory. Tyra, how are you feeling? Why are you feeling like this? I try to reason with myself. Okay. Is it because this person, I don't know, hates you? Is it because this person is trying to hurt you? Or does this stem from something that happened long ago? And where can we go from there? For any of us who experience trauma in our childhoods, we didn't just wake up one day and find ourselves magically healed. 
We have to work on healing every single day. Healing is not linear and some days are harder than others. Remind yourself that healing takes time and don't forget our affirmation of the week. Be kind, compassionate, and patient with yourself in your healing journey. So there are a lot of ways to heal and it really depends on what your trauma is and how you're triggered. It depends on a lot of nuanced things. So it's going to take a lot of inner child work. It's going to take a lot of reflection and a lot of introspection on your part. But I want to share with you guys a couple of ways that you can start healing from your childhood trauma. One, you can spend time with people who support you and make you feel safe and loved. You can also take care of your basic physical and mental health needs through healthy eating, sleeping, and exercise habits. I know something that works for me, and I talk about this all the time, y'all, the Calm app. I absolutely love the Calm app. I'm going to link my seven-day free trial down below for you guys. I think it's $60 a year, but there are meditations, there are soundscapes, there are music playlists, there are sleep stories, listen to the Calm app. That really brings me down and grounds me when I need it. I listen to a sleep story literally almost every night. I do the meditation series and I love that they have some for like procrastination. They have some for imposter syndrome. They have some for dealing with anxiety. So there are literally series and resources that are catered towards helping you heal from your childhood trauma. So check the show notes for my link and you'll get a seven day free trial to try it all out. I highly recommend it. The next thing you can do is seek help from a mental health professional, especially one who specializes in treating trauma patients. I recommend BetterHelp. That's how I found my first therapist and I'm still with her today. I've been with her since 2019. I recommend it. Try it out. Talk to someone who is a professional because sometimes we can just talk to people who are close to us and Here's the thing, you guys, birds of a feather flock together. Whether you notice it or not, that person next to you may also be in the same stage in their healing process, and they may not be able to help you get over a certain hump or a certain obstacle. So speak with a professional. The next thing you can do is lean on God and your faith. And I want to preface this by saying, no, I do not think prayer can take the place of therapy. God made resources and one of those resources is therapy. And I know there's a lot of stigma and things said about the church where they say like, just pray and it'll be okay. No, I'm listen, faith without works is what dead. So you can lean on God and your faith and pray and meditate and all that stuff in conjunction with other ways to heal, like talking to a mental health professional. You can also find a community of like-minded people who are interested in becoming the best version of themselves and also follow more creators like myself who offer support and education around mental health and self-care in a safe space. So you could follow this podcast. You could join my email list for the content that will help. I will be releasing a few newsletters dealing with childhood trauma and just trying to provide you with some more moral support, some more resources and, you know, things like that. I also want to make sure that we are all acknowledging where we are right now, because since you've listened to this episode, that's already you healing. 
you are already on your journey. And just from being still for however long this episode is, you are taking steps towards becoming the best version of yourself. And I just want to celebrate you for a moment because it is not easy. It's not easy to even listen to things like this. It can be so tough and so hard. So congratulations for starting or continuing your healing journey. I know this episode may have been difficult for some of you to listen to, especially if you related to my personal story or the information I provided around childhood trauma. But please remember you are loved, you are safe, and you are never alone. If you feel you need additional support and help around dealing with your trauma, please find resources in the show notes down below. I want the main takeaway from this episode to be if you or someone you know experience trauma in childhood, there are so many others, including myself, who can relate in some way. Together, we can learn and grow and build a happier, healthier life full of healing. And remember to give yourself and your inner child an extra dose of kindness and compassion this week. In this series, we will be touching on a lot of topics dealing with childhood trauma. And next week, we will be diving into specifically childhood trauma in the Black community. We will also talk about unaddressed childhood trauma. Here's how to tell if you have it. Should you seek therapy and the types of therapy you can seek? And then we'll have an overall look at childhood trauma and life after healing from your childhood trauma. So make sure you guys stay tuned for that. And with that being said, you know what time it is. We're going to bring the spirits up a little bit, you guys. And we are going to close out with our fun closing segment. This week, we're starting a brand new closing segment called Pockets of Peace. Ooh, I actually didn't make up this name. I follow someone on Instagram, Nabella Noor, and I took that from her. She did. She started Pockets of Peace back in when COVID was, you know, first becoming a thing. So in this fun closing segment, we are going to share activities that give us peace. So my pocket of peace that I want to share for this week would be baking. I don't know if you guys know this, but I am a pastry chef. I went to culinary school after I graduated from school for theater and I love to bake, you know, um, I especially love to bake late at night or I specifically find joy when I bake something from my childhood. So when I was growing up, I was always in the kitchen with my daddy. And that's honestly why I ended up going to culinary school because during the holidays, we would make ooey gooey cakes and we would make seven up cakes and all of this stuff in the kitchen. And I would just be so excited to make this stuff with my daddy. And it just put a fire in me, no pun intended. It put a fire in me to bake. So I started um, Tyra Stacy Treats while I was still in high school and it paid my way through college. So that would be my pocket of peace. 
baking, especially late at night, maybe putting on some Broadway show tunes or just some creating a nice home vibe. I may listen to Vitamin String Quartet, which I absolutely love, or some chill hop, some lo-fi music, and I'll just bake you guys. And that's my pocket of peace. So what is your pocket of peace? I want you to take a few minutes to think about that because this could also be something that you use in your healing journey. If you're feeling triggered or you need to step away and really ground yourself, think about what your pocket of peace is. That is all that I have for you guys today. Thank you so much for listening to this entire episode. It is a little heavier than things we've talked about in the past, but I really think this series is needed, especially in our community and in this time. So make sure you join us again next week for the second episode of the childhood trauma series make sure you subscribe to the podcast make sure you rate it and make sure you leave us a review i love reading all you guys reviews and follow us on instagram and on twitter thank you guys so much for listening and this was affirmations for black girls So we're getting to know each other on this podcast, right? One thing you may not know about me yet is that I love hosting. And one of my favorite snacks to provide is popcorn. But y'all, I hate buying popcorn by the bag because first of all, it's mostly air in the bag anyway. But I am also into very unique flavors. So you can imagine how excited I was when I discovered Opal Pop. Opal Pop is on a mission to liberate you from boring popcorn. With unexpected flavors and new ways to pop, they've completely reinvented my favorite snack. My go-to flavor is the Maui Heat because it's sweet and spicy. It's like has a lot of like pineapple flavor in it. And I also love how sustainable it is. With big bags, single-use cups, and a reusable silicone silicone popping bowl if you're a popcorn loving girl or guy like me head to the link in my show notes to get ten dollars off your first order welcome to the popcorn revolution